Morning, team. Do you know, I nearly had Marmite on uh, toast today, but I haven't got any bread at home. Or just I couldn't have it. Just uh, put it on the back of your hand. What, Marmite? Yeah, just heat your hand up in the airing cupboard. <laughs> airing, excuse me, airing cupboard. You don't have one of Who those? has an airing I cupboard? I don't either, admittedly. We used to have an airing cupboard years ago, and that's where your... The, your um, Water cylinder. Immersion was. tank yeah, was, or, yeah, something, or something. Exactly. And you put towels in there, and they'd come out all warm and fluffy. And avocados. Really? Do you never put the avocado in the airing cupboard? No, I don't. We don't have an airing cupboard. Well, Not years now. ago. I mean, it was a way to. Well, it'd be old, wouldn't it? If it was in the airing cupboard, we wouldn't have had avocado. We weren't rich like your family. We well, were very hardly. poor. We used to go around hoping that sort of people in markets would drop a vegetable on the floor and we could pick it up and scurry away with it. Yeah, I've seen you buying guacamole in Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> me? You've never seen me buy guacamole in Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> is that that green one? It's avocado. Oh, is it? All right. I did try it once. I put it on a little sort of strange biscuity type yeah, thing. It's nice. Didn't like it at all. No? I've had it in chicken fajitas. That's nice. Sure, you have. Lucky old chicken, I say. Anyway, uh-huh. see you tomorrow. <laughs> he's very naughty, you know. Must be something about the end of his show. I keep saying to him, listen, because he always goes, he's like, I'm not sleeping, I'm not getting as much sleep as I should be. I said, but the trouble is, on the, on the way home from wherever you are working, if you're doing nights at the moment, you kind of wake up. As opposed to, what you need is you need to walk into a little room where it's all dark, there's some very, there's a candle burning, and there's a big bed in there, big, super king size, with a big white duvet, and you just slide into it, and just, and all of a sudden the room becomes totally dark, and you can't hear anything. There's no noise, and you're out for the count, and then you wake up when you wake up. It's like going to Las Vegas. You've got no idea what time of the day it is, because there are no clocks, there's no clocks in the casinos, there's no clocks in the room, there's no clocks anywhere. So, in fact, it could be two in the morning or two in the afternoon. I've got no idea. You just have to go, if it's dark outside, it must be two in the morning. If it's light, it's... But in the casinos, they've got fake lighting, so you think it's daylight, when in fact it's two o'clock in the morning. Small wonder, I'll tell you, I'm losing my mind half the time. Anyway, it's nice to be company. Welcome to Wednesday morning. It's LBC 97.3. I trust you're all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, or as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed as you can be at this time of the morning. I had one of my fast drivers today. We go, I keep thinking, oh, God, he's going to be flashed by a camera. And uh, coming through Earl's Court, I must remember to tell people in future, because it's so badly signposted, because they're doing this uh, work just by where you turn right into Earl's Court, so you can't go straight on. Uh, down the Cromwell Road, you have to turn right into Earl's Court. It's a right pain in the rear end. So we go down there, and you follow the diversion, and then what you should do, as you go left at the bottom, you either go straight on down to the embankment, or you do a left where it says diversion, and then you follow that round there. But what you're supposed to do is, at the first set of traffic lights, do a left. It's got a big sign saying, no left turn, and in small letters, for HGV drivers, because it's only a narrow road, but everybody else should go up there. My advice is, do the left at the lights where it says don't go left, but then in small letters for H. So if you're, a, if you're a, a foreign taxi driver, you've got no idea what's going on because nobody's taught you about these things. Uh, if you go straight on, it takes you forever and a day, and you generally follow behind either the bus or the HGVs who couldn't turn left, so you get stuck behind the stupid lorries. We followed behind one this morning, one of these 9699 lorry things delivering all the 24-hour convenience foods. Hardly convenience, it inconveniences me in the morning. So if you'd actually turned left at the traffic lights, you're straight up onto the Cromwell Road, you just bypass this little thing, and then you're straight down there. Anyway, apart from that, it's all going terribly well. It tipped it down yesterday. It tipped it down. I mean, it was just... Awful. I thought, should we go out for a walk? No, can't be bothered to go out for a walk because it was wet. And it's amazing, it amazes me how many people, you say the weather forecast on LBC and you say how awful it's going to be and so people go out without an umbrella. 
And as we're walking, Graham and I, back from the uh, Trickenham station down into town to go and get a cup of coffee, there's people walking towards us. It is tipping down and they've got no umbrella. And you think, now, either you don't have an umbrella or you're too stupid and you just want to get wet because they arrive on the platform and they look like drowned rats. And you feel like saying, did you not hear the weather forecast? Or failing that, even more stupid Dumbo, did you not, when you opened the door and the rain was coming down, did you not think I'm going to get wet? Because there's this woman walking towards us. She's got a fag on. She's got no coat on. She's wearing her black dress and she's soaked through. And I felt like saying, when you walked out, Popsikins, was it raining? Why didn't you go and get an umbrella? And it turns out that most people don't have umbrellas nowadays. Whereas I've got a very small one. Ha <laughs> ha, go on, do your own jokes. And, and it's so tight, you can pop it in your pocket. You don't need to walk around with a huge... I've got big ones in the boot of the car, quite clearly. But I've got a very small one for those emergencies when you just go, I just want an umbrella. Because when I walked out of it yesterday, it was, it was tipping down. Uh, David and Bridget, lovely David and Bridget, went to Yarmouth last night to Peter Jay's Circus. Superb, especially Robert Foxall, who's an amazing aerialist. And David took lots of photos for the next King Pole magazine which is uh, for all the circus aficionados. Actually, I must take out a subscription. I really must, because it's, it's so beautifully produced. It really, it's absolutely lovely. So uh, I, I, shall, I shall do that over the next few days. Still waiting to hear, incidentally, from the insurance company uh, on what's happening with the insurance. Well, I've read a piece in the Daily Mail today that says, look out, if you've had an accident, even though it wasn't your fault, insurance companies crooked little people that they are, are bouncing your insurance up by 30%. Now, I'd heard this from a friend of mine. I thought, try it with me, I'll be naming and shaming. Oh, talking naming and shaming. Oh, Abby Clancy, it's all over. Oh, it's so shame. Boyfriend and girlfriend, it's all finished. And she's going to be a big drama queen. So she's jetted off to see her mum in, um, in Spain. And apparently... In the hallway of their three million pound mansion, Abby's clothes were stacked up in piles. How pathetic! How stupid! Who gives a stuff, Abby, whether or not he bogs off and goes and does something with a stripper? Apparently, the hooker concerned uh, said that she deliberately targeted him because a friend of hers said, "Look, that one over there is famous." And so she deliberately, t- she said in the papers today, she said, I, was, I deliberately targeted him. I thought, well, had uh, the boyfriend, Peter Crouch, taken out an advert in the paper saying he was going to sleep with a hooker, you couldn't have done it more publicly. You can't miss him, he's six foot seven. You walk into a nightclub, wherever you, even if he walks down the street, he's huge. He's six foot seven, you're not going to miss him. And Jane Moore says today, it would have been easier if he'd taken out an advert in the paper saying what was going to happen. But uh, they're all, I mean, there are no winners in this. There are no whizzy. Abby Clancy has packed her bags to leave her cheating fiancé, Peter Crow. Who gives a stuff, darling? Boy goes out with girl. The saddest thing I saw on the television was this morning. And it was so sad, it was pathetic. And I wish you'd all seen it. It was on BBC Three, which is known as the Freak Channel now, because they put all the, all the creepy people on there. And when it started off, there was a young girl sitting on a, a settee in what can only be described as... A very messy flat. You know one of those flats where they've got the kitchen and the sitting room and it's very messy and there was a dog and and then it cut to the mother who had a very whiny voice. Who was it? Alicia Duval. Who Alicia Duval, who decided that she would do a television programme, being the boring old non-entity that she is, to tell her daughter... Uh, all about her previous life. So as opposed to telling her privately, the daughter at 14 is more sensible and more adult than poor Alicia Duval could ever be in a million years. Alicia Duval was sitting there going, and of course, Mummy, 
Mummy doesn't jump into the back seat of cars with strange men, but the papers say this. And the daughter's sitting there playing on her N- Nintendo Wish. She really couldn't give a forex about this, this cracked old woman sitting next to her. And so the daughter's going, yeah, all right. And she says, you know Mummy wouldn't do that because Mummy loves you. And, and this girl's 14 and she's very bright. Alicia Duval, mental age, five, six years old. You'd be hard pushed to find anything else. And she's sitting there pretending that she's obviously the same age as the daughter and going, but, you know, mummy loves you and we're really good friends. And, and, the, and the daughter goes, yeah, we're, we're friends, but it's like, you're my mother. And, she, and Alicia Duval goes, well, um, aren't we really bestest friends? I'm thinking, you're a bit scary, you are. Anyway, so all this goes on and I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm having a shave and I'm watching this, thinking, why would you subject your 14-year-old daughter, unless you wanted to exploit her or you were desperate for the money, and discuss this stuff on television in front of a camera? If you want to tell your daughter about what a checkered old bag you are and how stupid your life has been, why don't you just show her the press cuttings, because I'm sure you've got them, as opposed to embarrassing her on television. And then, she, th- she then go- because Alicia Duval is a walking disaster. I mean, when I say disaster, she sits there and she says to the daughter, because m- mummy's going to have a boob job. And so the daughter goes, well, uh, you don't need it. I do, I do need it. I do need it, goes Alicia Duval. (laughs) And the daughter goes, you don't. But she says, as usual, you do whatever you must do. But mummy's body dysmorphic. No, you're not, she said. No, you're not. Quite clearly, somebody's... What? Yes, all right, just one strawberry. Not that one. (laughs) Well, you've touched it now. (laughs) Do you want a peach or nectarine? Yeah. Yeah. So, let me just do this first. I'm going to... Sort out the star. These are white flesh nectarines. Mm. Now, they should be all right, so I left them out all night. Yummy. So they Thank should be you. okay. Okay. So anyway, so Alicia Duval is sitting there on the settee. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen Alicia Duval without makeup, but by God, it's scary. And she's talking to the daughter, and she keeps going on about, but Mummy wants, wants her breast done. Mummy wants bigger breasts. And the daughter's going, you don't need it. And she goes, Mummy does. Mummy's dysmorphic. She's body dysmorphic. And the daughter goes, no, you're not. She says, listen, but, but, you, but you said I should have my face done, dear. And the daughter goes, well, do whatever you want to do. The daughter's still carrying on playing. The ne- She's quite clearly not interested in the silly film crew there and the dreary mother, who quite clearly can't even string a sentence together with her daughter. But they're having a conversation which should be done in private. Unless, of course, you're as desperate as Alicia Duval, who says that the daughter, you know, came over very well. The mother, stupid. And she goes, oh, we're having, f- having sushi. And quite clearly, this is a bit of revelation, because they've got all the boxes in. They've got this sort of kitchen, but it's, one of, it's what I call... What do they call this kitchen? There's a name for it. It's a shaker. No, it's a shaker-style kitchen, which is... You know what it looks like, you can imagine. And it's a kitchen... Di- well, it's a sitting-room kitchen. You've got the kitchen, and then you've got the sitting-room there. But it's messy, the flat. And Alicia Duval looks like a mess. You think, you've got the cameras coming around there. Can't you at least dress up a bit? Because this is doing you no favours. Your daughter's emerging as very intelligent. And you're just just a, a whiny little old woman who really should get the hell off my television as quick as possible. So I sat there watching it thinking, I feel really sorry for the daughter who's stuck with this mother, who's discussing things... And Mummy doesn't climb into the back of cars, and, and the papers just over-exaggerate. I thought, Mummy went out of her way to court the papers, thank you very much indeed. Type in Alicia Duval, you'll see what it is. And you'll look at the picture of her and you think, and she's got a daughter. And it's just... It was just... It was just embarrassing to watch. I felt really... Like your mother sitting down and going, we're going to talk about the birds and the bees. Oh, no, we're not! And when she talked about, you know, mummy didn't do all of these things, you know, some of it, what, what they've done is that they've twisted the truth. The daughter's 14. 
You know, it's like, Mum, why don't you just shut up? You're making yourself look stupid. My school friends are going to be watching this, and they're going, that's your mother. Oh! So, in other words, Alicia, do us all a favour, love. Don't do it on television. It's very embarrassing, very stupid, very cheap, and all this crap about body dysmorphic and how you want to have your breasts enlarged. If you want to do it, love, go and do it. Don't discuss it on television in front of, well, for that programme, an audience of about four, and that's probably just the camera crew sitting there going, so glad it's not my mother. These are the headlines. The Bank of England's expected to raise more doubts over the economic recovery later with a forecast of slow growth. That is the latest update on unemployment expected to show it's falling slightly. A new hospital superbug has been found in a handful of people in the UK. Scientists reckon if it spreads further, even antibiotics won't help. And following a police chase in North London on Monday evening, which left a man dead, two men have been bailed. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's Matt Jones. Thank you, Steve. Good. LBC 97.3. There you go, Andrew's with you a little bit later on today. It's nice to have you company. Welcome to Wednesday. It's August the 11th, which means, woo-woo, nearly Christmas. It's not far... I don't care what you say. They've got the Christmas department out there. And I don't see anything the matter with having Christmas... In August. Why not for people who love it? What is the problem that some people have? Oh, you can't have it in August. Well, why don't you mind your own business? You know, if people want to enjoy Christmas in August, you know, enjoy Christmas in August. Some people like celebrating all all the time. I love it. Absolutely love it. I don't see any problem at all in being able to celebrate Christmas whenever you like. You know, if I had my way, I would own a Christmas shop. I would own a Christmas shop. Because, you know, the lights and everything. And that's why I was a bit disappointed with Selfridges and with Harrods. Nice Christmas department. No Christmas lights. And if there's one thing that makes Christmas, it's not just the balls, you know, and the hanging of them on, on the tree. And God knows there have been a few people in the paper. Well, anyway. And you and it's the lights. So when you go to the garden centres, they've got all the different lights from Mr Christmas and everybody else. And that's what I love. I just love all the different lights. You know, in the gar- I would have an entire garden done in Christmas lights all year round, you know, so the moment it got dark on they come and they twinkle, like the Americans do Christmas, and we're gradually getting there some houses admittedly are a bit tacky you've got to have a bit of a theme to it no point just sticking up some blow up Father Christmases you know, and sort of some reindeer and something on the roof, you've really got to do it properly a bit like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, although perhaps not that over the top, so I don't see any problem with it Professor Richard Dawkins has caused uproar, uproar There's been outrage among Muslims everywhere. They've all been going, oh dear, how dull. And what did he say? He says he feels revulsion every time he he sees a Muslim woman wearing the full body covering. He has compared the the burqa to a bin liner. Which, I mean, to be honest with you, if you were describing it to somebody, if you were describing it to sort of, and they go, well, what is the burqa? You go, well, it's black. And some of them look reasonably attractive, and some of them have got these funny things that make it look as though they're in a prison. And, and it looks like a bin liner. So the Daily Star have said he's absolutely spot on. They say here, the famous atheist has been branded ignorant and Islamophobic over the Burka comments. He branded the body length fail as a full bin liner thing. And while his language may be questionable, the argument, they say, is spot on. Millions of Brits will agree how he felt revulsion at the symbolic dress. The burqa has no place in modern British society. It locks women away, it hinders communication, and it downplays their equality. And as I've said a million times, nowhere in the Koran does it say it has to be worn. Nowhere. Not one place. If you can find it, do let me know. 
We should praise people like Professor Dawkins. At least, they say, he's not Islamophobic. He's just telling you the truth. And it's quite right. We've said before, every time I see a woman trailing behind her husband wearing a full burqa, I always go... And hope that it kind of sinks into the man who is embarrassing the woman. I mean, it just looks pathetic. It's stupid. Don't need to wear it. It's oppressive. And uh, how can you have a conversation with somebody when you can't... I like to look at somebody's face. Admittedly, there are a few people around here. I would recommend the full covering for most of them. But I look at their face. That's where you get expression from. You know, they go, oh, they don't want people to look at them. It doesn't say anywhere in the Quran. Show me where it says it and we'll, we'll let you know. Uh, Vanessa Peroncel. Peronci? Peroncel? You remember she was the one who uh, went out with Wayne Bridge and then apparently had a, a so-called affair with John Terry. She said she didn't. And uh, he didn't say anything, but he went back to that drip. Anyway, she turns up on television the other day being interviewed by Kate Garraway. And I'm thinking, who gives a stuff about you, darling? Whether you did or whether you didn't, I really couldn't care less. She says here, I didn't take a penny from him. I didn't take a penny from anyone. We were just friends. Well, shut up and go away then. Who gives a stuff whether you did or whether you didn't? I'm not interested, dear. If that's the, that's the extent of your sad, vacuous life. You know, I did, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. It's a bit Naomi Campbell, isn't it? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know that where the jewels came... I did. I didn't know. I had no idea. Somebody knocked on the door. And, and you didn't say this at breakfast? I can't remember. It was 13 years ago. I mean, I think they should drag her back into court and find out, is this woman a compulsive liar or she's just stupid? Because nobody knows. Jewellery experts are now carrying out tests to find out whether... Charles Taylor handed, ha, handled them. Now, I just want to point out to you, in case you're not aware of who Charles Taylor is, he's a murdering f- piece of filth who's a paedophile and who reviles women. He used to cut out the hearts of his victims before cooking them and eating them. That's what he is. He's a piece of filth. You know, whether you accepted a gift from him or not, just being in his company was enough to have the stench of him rub off on you. He was that vile. You know, it's not just war crimes. You can't even describe what what this piece of filth is who sat in court looking like butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. Dreadful. A lot of people are a bit worried down at uh, GMTV, or as they call it now, they break. And uh, she's shortly been having, Hiya! Good morning! Hiya! It's going to be really good, isn't it? They're all a bit worried, though. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's going to be a bit worrying because they're, you, they're filming in HD. Now, I don't know whether any, any of you are aware of what HD is. It's high definition. And in fact, poor Kate Garraway has been so worried about the high definition cameras, it shows up everything. In other words, if Christine Bleakley's not had a shave that morning, it'll show up, I'm telling you. She'll have sideburns and a full moustache by the end of the programme. It's so unforgiving that they've developed new makeup for television. It's a spray. Before, they, they would put it on with a sponge. Now it's a fine mist. Which covers everything. Kate Garraway went out to have her skin sorted out the other day. It's a 30-minute session. Took two hours. And so she's uh, finally realised. She said, I'm so worried about this HD thing. As indeed is everybody. Because it's gonna, she said, it's all right for beauties. Like, how are you? Well, I'm telling you, it's going to sharp everything. The one person who's going to look even more dreadful is poor, poor Aid, as we call him now. Because frankly, it's just, it's just a bit pitiful, isn't it, really? But we'll, we'll watch out of interest. And then we'll click off again. Because I did try and watch for five minutes the other day, live at three or whatever it's called on ITV, where Gloria Honeyford, who is the most professional out of everybody, Gloria Honeyford could sit there and read the Bible and make it sound interesting, which is a darn sight more than most vicars could do nowadays. And you've got poor, lame, lame duck Kelvin McKenzie, and he sits there trying to be funny, and he's not. And, and, sits, and he just... He looks so like he's about to nod off. I mean, the word boredom springs to mind, or just taking the money. However... 
Nothing matched the, uh, the attention in Leicester Square the other evening when Katie Price uh, decided she was bored at home, so decided she had to come out and join the, uh, the swanky A-listers who are turning up for the UK premiere of The Expendable. She turned up in a flimsy dress and thigh-high boots, and she minced along the carpet. Uh, unfortunately, she wasn't allowed to go into the into the A-list enclosure. They stuck her outside with the pizza mob. And uh, and there she was, poor little Miss Lonely, and she had to go and talk to Amir Khan, who's a proper fighter as opposed to the pansy that she married, who isn't really a proper fighter at all, and is like, oh, I don't know where he is at the moment. And so she was talking to Amir Khan, and at one time he gripped her bottom. Now, I don't know, Alex, I mean, I don't want to cause trouble for you, but frankly, if you'd done this with something else, she'd have hit the roof. I suggest you do the same. If you're a man, if you're not a man, don't actually bother, dear. You know, and just go, oh, I'll just put some makeup on. You know, but, I mean, if, if your wife, or whatever she is, goes out and uh, gets quite close and looks very interested in somebody, you know, I'd start worrying. Because I, I told you, this wouldn't last. I'm, I'm predicting it now. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not the sort of... Per- I mean, goodness only knows. People know that I'm not the sort of person to dwell or pick on people if they're down on their luck. And that's why, when I heard that Kerry Katona was going to leave this country and go to Hollywood, I let out a secret cheer, all by myself. Because apparently, uh, Kerry is heading to Hollywood to launch uh, a blockbuster movie career. Now, I have to tell you, Kerry, they make porno in this country, dear. You don't need to go to America. You really don't. It's not necessary. You're not going to America to be a big movie star. The only acting she's ever done is the Iceland adverts. Now, I'm really sorry to say that that is not enough to get you a part in a movie, but they do say that this will help her reach her goal. So she's got a voice like a bloke, and she's going to Hollywood. She's not great-looking. She can't string two words together, and she thinks she's going to be an actress. Where? Where do you think this is going to happen? Apparently, sources claim that the mum of four... Oh, dear. ..has already been offered a movie part. Apparently, Kerry is convinced, as a close friend, it's her big chance, and we're all trying to support her. She believes the way forward is to take small parts, work really hard and get herself noticed. I'm sorry, darling, they've got people like you in America. They don't, they don't need anybody else. In fact, they've got... Loads of people. They just call them trailer trash over there. They're a bit more upfront about it. They don't, they don't want you. They're, there's no chance of you getting a job over there at all, unless it's maybe as a waitress. And to be honest with you, I don't even think you could manage that, because that takes a skill. That takes people's skills, and I don't think you have any people's skills. And full marks to Claire, your agent, for really pushing for the British public can't stand you. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, I wish... I wish that we could do something and I could try and make it better for you and try and make out that there is something around the corner, but nothing. There's nothing. Not much for Amy Winehouse, who's now blaming herself after her dad, Mitch, was rushed to hospital following her latest bender. He apparently went in because he's got chest pains. They're going to try and find out what it is. It's called angina, Poppet. I just thought I'd mention that now. It's called angina. So it's bad enough with one girl standing up, falling down because she's an old drunk. Now you've got the father who also thinks he's a bit of a celebrity, which is, you know, a bit of a misnomer, I'm afraid. You know, you'd have thought, you know, coining it as a hundred grand a year cab driver in London, he'd be happy with that, but no, he wants a bit of fame, so he released an album. I don't know when that's going to turn up in Poundland, but I shouldn't imagine it's that far away. And uh, and now he's in hospital because they're saying he's got chest pains. There you go. Amy's been clean, though, for 18 months. 
but she likes a drink. But luckily, she's not doing drugs anymore. So that's good, isn't it? So at least she's off one, but on the other. Oh, and the, the Roonies are going to appear on television and reality show. No, no, not, not Wayne and Colleen. <laughs> no, not those, but the other ones, I'm afraid. This is uh, Natalie Rooney, who's a glamour model, and her gra- gay cross-dressing brother, Stephen. They're apparently talking to TV bosses about a show to track their bid for stardom. You remember, these were the two old numpties who were kicked out of the wedding for being drunk. And so now they think that they have a right to do, uh, to do something else. Unfortunately, as glamour models go, Natalie, you really are way down the list, I'm afraid. Mm. Lun- hello, hello. Oh, it's lovely. I hope it doesn't rain today. I really hope it doesn't. Valerie says, I want to thank you, Steve, for your advice through the mobile phones. I phoned my provider to cancel the phone, suddenly realised it was far too expensive. They immediately repriced down to £10 a month from 28 Ostrich meat is wonderful. Tesco used to sell ostrich burgers. Hardly any fat. They don't shrivel up to nothing on grilling. Oh, I don't know whether I could eat ostrich. I don't know why. It's just, it's the, uh, I don't know. It's just ostrich, isn't it? I'm not so really sure about ostrich. Can't, uh, it's very difficult to get rabbit. They sell rabbit in the, uh, the fish shopper, but I think they only do it at Christmas. Over the road, Sandy's, which has finally put a new awning in and they've had the sign painted because it was looking a bit dilapidated. But it must be one of the busiest shops in Twickenham, I would think. Although I can't bear fish. I've tried it. I just can't. You know, fish fingers, scampi, yeah. Anything else? Oh, just crabs I'm really not into. I find it a bit worrying. But I'm sure they've had rabbit before. I'm sure they've done rabbit. And I'm sure they probably do ostrich. They do all that sort of stuff. So anyway, yesterday I get a text. Now, how many other people got this one? It's from somebody called Graham Ferrier. Okay, now for some reason, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, Graham Ferrier. Perhaps it's a familiar name, perhaps it's not a familiar name, or perhaps they've emailed before. So anyway, it says, how are you? It just says, hi, how are you? It doesn't say, hi, Steve, how are you, Steve, or anything like that. It says, just flew to Spain because one of my dear friends has uh, has had an accident here. She's unconscious now and waiting for surgery. I didn't bring much cash with me, and my money orders and chequebook I took would take over a week to clear because of the international bank policies. So I want to ask, can you lend me some money? In fact, she had a little problem with her insurance policy since she stopped working before the incident, so before it's ratified, a deposit has to be made because it's a private hospital, and I can't take her to another hospital because she's unconscious. Sorry to bother you now, since it's so sudden. I'll pay you back when things have been done. I need €1,200. I would appreciate if you could help me with that amount. International bank transfers take too long. So could you do Western Union? And he's put down the address and the zip code and everything else. And he says, that to avoid any delays, which may be caused, can you send me the correct money transfer control number, the sender's name, send us an amount as soon as it's done? And I thought, I wonder how many, else, how many other people got that. Normally it makes a change from the Nigerian ones that we get. You know, I am a very good friend of the International Banking Monetary Minister who was killed in a plane but managed to siphon off, steal, sorry, borrow, uh, anyway, ended up with $28 million, of which I'd like to use your account. I thought that that would please my bank. Uh, I've just put some money in. How much? $28 million. Where's that from? Nigeria. Lovely. OK, genuine? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So this one intrigued me as well. So, unfortunately, uh, we're, we're saying she's, she's going to die on the operating table because we don't have 12, 1200 to uh, to send over, which is good. And, uh, Steve, please don't knock us lorry drivers. Maybe if you've got it, a lorry brought it. We don't like playing with the traffic. Well, first thing in the morning, I haven't got the time to faff around with somebody who's cruising along. And some I went past one the other day. I had to overtake... Um, uh, well, at first I had to overtake a woman in a car, and she was 
texting on her phone. She had the phone up on the steering wheel and she's texting. Now, what I wanted to do was ram into the side of her. That's what I wanted to do, because I'm thinking... Or failing that, you know, if I see somebody jumping travel, I bang on the side of the car so it frightens them. It's always worth doing. And, uh, and then I got up past the lorry, and I'm just going to overtake the lorry, and he was sort of... He was just cruising along. He, he was, you know, about five miles an hour, trying to find out where he was going. I thought, why don't you just get a sat-nav? Ridiculous. Uh, Val says, we went to Stevenage yesterday to see Shrek. Well, the whole of Stevenage is Shrek, isn't it? Wall-to-wall chavs over there. Dreadful. My local pub started taking bookings for Christmas yesterday. Um, well, that, it, you need to book up. I know it sounds stupid, but the Christmas adverts have started appearing for the Christmas shows. And if you want to book up for Christmas dinner, although I think Christmas dinner's the biggest rip-off ever. Pubs make a full, you know, £30, £80, £90 for Christmas dinner. It's only a bit of turkey and stuffing. You can do a meal for about 15 people for 80 quid, if not more. And uh, would us LBC listeners get a discount, Steve, if you opened a Christmas shop? Of course. You'd have to prove you're an LBC listener. We'd ask you, like, what, what is James Max's car called? You know, what, what is James Max's favourite thing in the whole wide world? James Max. And, uh, and there'd be other questions like that. You know, where does Jenny Barnett get her outfits from? Barnum's. OK, and anything like that, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you'll have to know the answers. Uh, Darren is doing uh, Harrods this Saturday. Uh, we, I did it last week. I did it last week. Then we had a cup of coffee, which was quite nice. The best part of the Alicia Duval programme was when her daughter was with her private tutor. Her mother was in the next room, moaning that all her daughter wanted to do was study and how Alicia kept setting up photo shoots for her, but she preferred science. It's just not normal, Alicia moaned. I mean, how could I have given birth to her? Yes, her daughter, I mean, really, you don't want to end up like Alicia Duval. I mean, that would be the classic case, wouldn't it, of this is the mother. Ugh! You don't want a reputation like that. True or otherwise, she's got the reputation. Uh, Steve, you're so right about these so-called celebs. It must be the agents behind them who think they're so clever. Well, the agents need to earn the money. They absolutely, I, mean, I know a lot of agents, you know, quite well. And uh, they have clients. And I'll, I'll tell you this now, that uh, I had one person I was mentioning on the programme, and their agent wrote in and said, listen... You know, that, I'm, that they're a very nice person, they're, they're wonderful and they're marvellous and this, and I'd appreciate if you didn't, uh, didn't slag them off. And uh, so I said, OK. And then I, I went out somewhere and I saw this particular agent. He said, oh, by the way, that particular person's not with me. You're quite right, actually. Slag him off all you want. <laughs> I said, I'm never wrong. I'm never wrong. Uh, another one here. And uh, this is from uh, James... He says, you're still drinking coconut water. Do you know, I haven't drunk it for a little while. I'm going to go out today. I'm going to go up to my little shop and go and get some. I know I've got some in the fridge. I put it in the other day to chill it down. It's been two days in the fridge because I like it so cold. I bought some soda water yesterday because I thought I might have a spritzer. And so I, I bought two... Do you know soda water is terribly expensive for Schweppes? It's just a bottle like that. And it was £2.05. Pence for, must be cheaper somewhere else. Anyway, so I, I bought it. And... Um, and I thought, I'll have a spritzer. And do you know, strange enough, I just didn't... It just didn't enter my mind again. So it's still sitting in the fridge, which is OK. Uh, Thomas is in Honduras right now. Poor soul, I wouldn't want to be in Honduras right now. And Jeremy says, um, you said you'd like to own a Christmas shop. What happened to that idea a year or so back of opening a fish and chip shop? My doctor said it wasn't a very good idea for a diabetic. He said, there's not much chance of you getting fat on Christmas decorations. Well, there you go, which is good, isn't it, I think? I still like the idea, except the chocolate decorations. I like the chocolate decorations. Very good. Uh, John says, should I spend Christmas in London or in Bangkok? 
Bangkok, definitely. Actually, I went on... I'm trying to find another company to make me some sparkly jackets. And there's a company in Blackpool, I think it's Thai, because they make lots of outfits for showbiz people. And their prices are really cheap. I mean, really cheap. I mean, they're really cheap. Whereas I've got jackets that cost about £500 each. These ones work out about £120. And if they see something, they, they, they can copy it for you. So if you've been to a Neil Diamond show, they can, they can copy them. And they've got some really nice outfits. So I'm, I might... I might actually sort of end up... I mean, to go up to Blackpool... God knows we'll need to take an armed guard. There's no way that we can, uh, we can go to Blackpool again. But that's the place where they appear to be. Uh, Richard Dawkins is my hero, says Isaac, who's Irish. Good Lord. Not a very Irish name, is it? It's more, more Jewish. Much more Jewish. Isaac is a very Jewish name. He says, my, my first name is Jewish, although I was born in Ireland, where the name calls defence. I've even had a lot of family call me by my middle name, Sean, rather than by my first name. I think it's a very old name, isn't it? It's an old biblical name, Isaac. I quite like that idea. Can you believe somebody's paid 140 million for a penthouse flat? They haven't. It's up for sale for 140 million. They haven't. They haven't bought it. And there's a couple of pictures. And the reason it's been done is um, is because they're trying to drum up interest in this candy and candy project, which is next to the Mandarin Oriental down at the bottom of Knightsbridge. It used to be an old block of uh, offices, and you drove through to go to, uh, to to the park. Now you can't because they've stuck up this. Why have we been denied access? I've got no idea. And the flats there, you can watch them all being built. I watch them every morning. And so they've got this £140 million flat at the top. And they say it's got a tunnel through. Well, they've all every flat has got access through to the Mandarin Hotel next door. This whole idea, it's their hotel catered for. And if somebody's stupid enough to pay 140 million, the Candy Brothers quite wisely and rightly are saying, oh, we, we, we don't discuss anything like that. Well, of course they wouldn't. They're not going to tell you who's moving into a flat or who's not moving in. But it's quite pokey for 140 million. But if you're a billionaire, why would 140 million make it? 140 million to them is like you spending 250,000. It's a, it doesn't make any difference. All they're going to do is sit on the sofa and look out the window, and they're paying for the view. And the view is Hyde Park, and that's an expensive view. You're not going to look over Scotch Corner, are you? And go, oh, look, the Scotch House. Oh, look, there's Harrods. Not very exciting, is it? 140 million. But that's what people do from abroad. And they, the only reason they come here is because they've... Um, it's too hot. So they come here, and they just sit there, and then they go out shopping. And the place they like to go, you know, all that money, where do they like to go? Shepherd's Bush Market. They go to... She- you see all the limos pulling up at Shepherd's Bush Market and all these women getting out with the full burkas, walking into lampposts and things like that because there's lampposts everywhere. And it's just... And the, the chauffeurs don't know where to park round there because you've got minicab companies. It's the most inconvenient market. And they go there because it's, it's a market and people like going to markets. I don't know why. They just do. I love going to markets because you think you're going to get a bargain. So you go there and you go, that's a market. And you come back laden with bags of this and that... I, I go out, I come back with bags. I mean, I won't tell you what I bought yesterday because you'll start thinking I'm very peculiar. But, I mean, no, I'm not, I can't tell you. I'm not going to tell you what I bought yesterday. It's far too, far too, uh, well, anyway, it's personal and I'm not going to discuss it. But I'm still using the seat in the shower. Anyway. And now what have I been saying for the last, oh dear, 30 years? 30 years I've been saying. And finally, Weight Watchers have said... Uh, and they, they said this to the BBC Today programme, a startled reporter, who quite clearly must be the thickest reporter ever. And what did Weight Watchers say? Diets don't work. 
I've said that for 30 years. A startled reporter on the Today programme must have been a novice or a complete idiot because diets don't work. It's not clever. It's not rocket science. I did a book on it 30 years ago on LBC. And the reason diets don't work is because if they did, there'd just be one as opposed to the multi-billion pound that there is out there, because you can make a fortune out of people going, oh, this is the, this is the diet for you. We've had them before, the F-Plan diet. Why? <laughs> that was the F-Plan diet. It was all sort of fibre and this and that. Then we had the Cambridge diet, you know, which was a lot of shakes that you made up. It was all powdered stuff. Then we've had the hay diet. Then we've had the, you know, the baked bean diet. We've had this diet. That. There's no, no such thing as a diet that works. The only thing that works is exercise, little and often. Simple as that, and eating sensibly. So diets are a load of old rubbish. A startled today reporter. The standards must have gone right down on that programme if they were startled. Oh, Robbie Williams obviously sold his uh, wedding to Hello Magazine. I'm the happiest man alive. Sadly, he looks a bit like he's been caught in the headlights of a bus again. There's a picture of him. It's all very, uh, very, uh, very teary. Oh, and uh, good news is that Tony Terry, Tony Terry, otherwise known as Tony Poo, used to go out wag, or otherwise known in the business as That Doormat has given uh, Abby Clancy some advice and said, why don't you give Peter Crouch a second chance? Everyone makes mistakes. Because you've got a voice like that. And, um, and so Tony, married to John Terry, apparently hasn't been less than, uh, less than good, uh, said that, uh, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Of course they do, darling. Better be, better be Tony Terry than Tony who, love? That's how it works, isn't it? That's how it works in the business. You want to stay with somebody? Stay with them. Don't want to stay with them? Shut up! Hello, magazine. The Robbie of the the wedding of Robbie Williams. He does look a bit scary. He's he's turned round. It should be, you know, the nice picture, but he just looks, you know, like he walked onto the X Factor when he couldn't open the doors and he stood there and he sweated and his eyes were all bulging. He looks a bit like that. But he's the happiest man alive. Don't be stupid. The happiest man alive is the one who's just come out of heart surgery. That'd be the happiest man alive, not somebody who's so bored with their life that they've got to get uh, married. What's the point of just living together? You know, so much easier to live together. Still to come, the story of the little girl who wanted the ice lolly. Man didn't want to buy an ice lolly. And in fact, some ice cream sellers are not very nice. And this man was not very nice. And so the little girl, little Cordell Hansen, didn't, didn't get her ice lolly. Why didn't she get her, her ice lolly? I'll tell you in a moment. These are the headlines. It's thought the Bank of England will raise more doubts over the economic recovery this morning with a forecast of slow growth. The bank's governor, Mervyn King, has already warned that a sustained recovery is uncertain. Meanwhile, on the day the latest unemployment figures come out, Boris Johnson says people in London need more help finding work. One in three people in the capital of working age don't have a job. And Naomi Campbell's issued a statement saying she's got nothing to gain from lying. It's over the different stories given to the war crimes caught by the supermodel and her former agent. Have a check on the roads for you this morning. Get there nice and quick. Matt Jones. Thank you, Steve. This morning from 7, LBC 97.3. So all little Cordell Hansen wanted at seven years old was an ice lolly. Shouldn't a man come along the street in an ice cream van? She went, ice lolly. And so she goes to a piggy bank and she takes her money out and she goes to get the ice and the man doesn't want her money. Why? Because she's only got two peas and one peas. And he doesn't want her money. And little Cordell just just wanted an orange lolly. And he said, I'm not serving you. It was pocket money. And she and he didn't want it because it was 40 pence in 2p. Now, I would have thought, 
you know, that most ice cream men, 40p is 40p. Profit would be about 39p on that lolly, I would think. And so she went home in tears. And uh, her brother, Kyle, was turned away because he only had pennies as well. Since when were pennies not legal tender? The answer is, under British law... I mean, you probably know this or you probably don't know it. If you don't know it, it's going to come as a bit of a shock and you're probably a Today reporter. If you do know it, you're an LBC listener because you're very intelligent. Shopkeepers can refuse one and two P coins for any item over 20 pence. It's a very archaic piece of law. So if you get on the bus and you start counting out... Pe- no, I'm sorry, get off the bus. Get, no, it's a two-pound journey. I'm not having it in two P pieces and one P pieces. But that's all I've got. Well, you're walking then, aren't you? So it is the law... Um, that you can refuse for any item over 20p, pennies and 2p's. It does seem a shame, though, especially if you've got a little kid in front of you. I mean, to be honest with you, because it's only pennies, you'd put them in a separate little box, wouldn't you? So you don't have to count the things out. Because I've got my jar at home. You know that every day I go home and I empty my, my pockets of all my change and I put it in, it's a spaghetti jar at the moment. Normally it's in a carrier bag, but it's in a spaghetti jar. And, uh, and I then take it down to Sainsbury's, because they're the only ones who appear to have these machines in. And you pour it in and you pay, I think, 7p in the pound, but it saves sitting there counting it all out, and I don't have the time. So it's easier to take it in. And generally speaking, I'll have a few hundred pounds, surprisingly, in change. Because it all goes in, £2 coins, £1 coins, 50p's, 20p's, whatever. And if there's any fakes, the machine throws them back out again. And those I get rid of in local shops, because you have to. Because otherwise, sitting there going, I think somebody's giving me fake coins. And there seems to be more and more of them around. And so I take that in there. But with, with pennies, I wouldn't really worry about it. I'll just stick them in a, in a jar. But uh, it's a shame, really. The youngsters finally bought an ice cream from the van after their elder brother, Courtney, gave them a £10 note. So the the ice cream man didn't want it. However, a spokesman for the local family-owned firm, which is uh, Tartaglia's Ice Cream, says, there's no comment. I don't know what you're talking about. Because they like that ice cream families, aren't they? Have you seen them around the museums? You're looking at more crooks around there than anything else. The ice cream wars in London came to, I think, guns being brandished. Because, and I think, I seem to remember all the London papers were full of it years ago, and it was the ice cream wars. The people who want the best position, they don't pay rent for the sites, they don't have licences, and they're generally quite nasty looking people. So be very careful. If you're buying an ice cream, you're generally supporting crime in London out of some of these people. They just park up and, and they just, they make a fortune out of it. You know, if you want an ice cream, go into a shop. You know, ice cream vans, very rarely are licensed, very rarely. But, uh, but I am right in saying, and you're going to be very disappointed if you go out and you try and buy an item of 35p and you pay in pennies because the shopkeeper says, I'm not selling it to you. And that's the law. You don't have to... A shopkeeper under British law doesn't have to sell it to you. In the same way that if, if, a, if, if you go into a shop and somebody inadvertently has put the wrong sticker on an item and it's down at 30p as opposed to £3, they don't have to sell it to you. You don't, you don't stand there and go, well, it says um, I want that for, th- for three, three pence as opposed to three pence. They say, we're not selling it to you. It's as simple as that. They don't have to sell it to you. And so they don't. So much as though it's, it's very sad for little uh, Cordell and her brother Kyle, that they didn't want, the man didn't want their pennies and 2 pieces. So they did finally get their ice lollies because their brother had a £10 note. And most ice cream people would rip your arms off for a £10 note. Uh, Jan says, your mate Ben appeared to be on Ladette to Lady last night. Looked like him at the dinner party. Yes, he's, he's a bit stupid, really, I'm afraid. Poor soul. Uh, Christmas light, says John. What's in the colour would you suggest? Blue, white, green or red? I'm thinking green and red combo. To be honest with you, I'd go for all of them. Blue, white, green and red. 
for Christmas lights. I do like blue lights. I do like blue lights. White lights, I think, are very traditional. And uh, green or red, obviously traditional as well. So any of those. Jay says, I've got a hangover. You're making my head hurt. Stop being funny. I should certainly try. No point in being funny. I do like the idea of the, uh, the story of Stephen Slater. Stephen Slater's a trolley dolly uh, in America. And he, uh, a passenger called him a foot word. And Stephen Slater was so angry that, uh, having to deal with this rude passenger, that he, 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 he didn't want to cope with it anymore. And the passenger went, you're a fur. And he called him a fur. And Stephen Slater flipped. He went back to the end of the, uh, the plane. He picked up the microphone. He went to the passenger who's just called me a fur. You're a fur as well. And he said, you've just told me to f off. And he said, I'm going to. I've been 28 years in this business. He said, and, and that's it. I'm done. They then tried to restrain him. Didn't work. He then pulled uh, a beer out of the cupboard, pulled the emergency chute exit, and then slid down, calmly walked to his car and went home. You know, because I'm sorry, you don't need to be spoken to like that by any old toe rag on a plane, I'm afraid. We've had enough of these people now. And uh, anyway, he's, he's appeared uh, at a court. The police went round to his house and surprisingly he was in bed with his boyfriend. Good Lord, a gay trolley dolly, how surprising. I wouldn't have thought that possible in this day and age. But uh, he said he may have snapped because his father had died and he was caring for his dying mother. Uh, but he's apparently had a lot of, um, a lot of uh, support from people in America saying, you know, he's right, nobody should be spoken to like that. And I agree. You shouldn't be spoken to like that. In fact, actually, I'd have dragged the passenger out, pushed him down the slide and gone, go fly somebody else. There's no, no need for it, is there, in this day and age? Absolutely no need for it at all, I'm afraid. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Some poor bloke woke, woke up the other day, he sleepwalks. And he woke up and, uh, and he felt like he was sinking in his dream. And he was. He'd wandered onto quicksand. He'd walked out of his house, onto the beach... Uh, and onto a seaside estuary, and he started sinking in the quicksand. Luckily, he knew what to do, because he'd just completed a life-saving course, and he knew to lie flat on the sand, and that way you spread your body weight out, and so he didn't disappear. Must be the worst thing ever, mustn't it? You're, I mean, oh, I've had some, an experience like that. Not very good at all, actually. Not very good at all. So uh, be warned, if you sleepwalk, sleepwalking can be, uh, can be quite... Uh, quite dangerous, as many of us know. Uh, other story, we talked uh, about the circuses the other day in China, where they, they mistreat the animals and they highlighted it on the television in the zoo where you can buy an animal and a chicken and the tigers and lions catch it and eat it and stuff like that. Although, to be honest with you, who'd want to eat a chicken with all the feathers in it and everything? You know, <laughs> forever doing that. And uh, so that makes the papers again today. And I feel ever so sorry for the two privately educated 13-year-old boys. They're in the paper today, and this is Hugo and Ollie. You can tell that they're posh. You can tell there's going to be nobody on a council estate listening who's called Hugo, let me tell you, or Ollie. OK? And you can always tell as well if they go to posh school because they've got long, floppy hair. You don't find long, floppy hair at council estates. They have it all shaved off because we want to look like Dad and the dog, don't we? We want to be hard. So you've got the two boys here, Hugo and Ollie. And anyway, uh, the KK, right, like the guys were out the other day and they're like, you know, they want to be, uh, they're in the movie club at school and they're filming uh, a James Bond spoof. And so they're like, you know, they're sort of filming and they've got their, their parents there and everything else and uh, relatives. 
Uh, anyway, somebody obviously went, there's terrorists out there. 20 police officers swooped on them and arrested them. And they were carted off to the, to the Nick. They were arrested and thrown behind bars, along with their dad, Robert, and sister, Martha, who were helping shoot the clip. They'd been filming a mock car chase on a deserted industrial estate, uh, and he was brandishing an air, an air gun, which is like, you know, OK, it's like OK for us, because we, like, got an estate. But like, if you don't, like, have an estate, uh, you can't do it. Uh, a worried member of the public, in other words, some nosy little so-and-so, thought they looked real, so they phoned the police. They're two boys. Their mum's, Deborah said... Not really a very posh name at all, is it? But anyway, uh, perhaps it's Debbie. No, that definitely would be not that fun. Said, uh, my husband just about had a heart attack when all these policemen body armour and shouting through megaphones turned up. They probably thought, my God, this film's very realistic, isn't it, for James Bond? Very frightening. It was two teenagers making a film. My husband and daughters had to kneel down and put their heads on the car bonnet. I mean, just, you know, there's, a, there's something gone a bit wrong here. The two family cars being used were impounded. Ollie said, we got a real scare. We couldn't sleep for a night or two afterwards. They come from Aberdeen. They were held for five hours until they persuaded the police that they were filmmakers and not terrorists. Are they particularly stupid, the police in Aberdeen or something? Five hours for two young boys. We're, we're like, uh, we're filming, OK? OK, we're, we're like filming out on an industrial estate. This is my father and this is my sister. And we're just filming because we go to private school. Anyway. Uh, the prosecutors decided no further action was needed. They were shooting a 30-second TV ad for a competition run by Blue Tack. The ordeal proves they suffer for their art. The 007 spoof came second in the Blue Tack contest. So, I mean, the second is, is better, but I mean, poor so. But you've only got to look at them for it. They're not terrorists. They're, you know, they're like, OK, yeah. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, get thrown in for five hours. I don't think you get posh terrorists. You really don't get posh terrorists. I don't think so. You know, you get posh spies, but that's completely different. A spy is different from a terrorist. A spy will just, you know, shaken, not stirred. You know, that kind of stuff. You're not going to be anything else, are you? There's a woman here, and uh, she's an artist, and she's a Miss England 2008 finalist. Her name's Rebecca Danielle. I don't want to be rude, but I think the standard must have dropped. I'm sorry, I'm looking at this girl. You would say exactly the same. Badly bleached, long, very flimsy hair, fat face, and an inappropriate outfit, and I'm afraid she's wearing those... Well, shoes which would be OK for walking around the office. This is not a Miss England finalist. You know, I'm not being rude. I'm just being honest. You've got to be honest about people. There's no point going, oh, you're really talented, you're really good-looking, if you don't think somebody is, because otherwise it gives them false hope. Morning, everybody. It's uh, eight, one, two, Mickey Mouse is coming. Uh, eight minutes past. I hope it's at reading the clock all of a sudden. Reads. I remember there used to be a famous radio presenter years ago, and he'd go, it's seven minutes past six. Seven, twenty to eight, and he had no idea what what the, the clock was saying. It turned out he couldn't see it at all, and so I now know it is coming up to eight minutes past six. It's Wednesday morning. It's LBC. Jonathan Levi's here. Good morning. Good morning. He's going to be very tired later. I just have to show this picture. If she's just coming in quickly now, just no, oh, she's probably not actually. Oh yeah, she is. Because I mentioned earlier on, this is Miss England finalist Rebecca Danielle. Okay, and I said on air. I said, to be honest with you, I think standards have fallen. You know, if this is a finalist in Miss England. Well, Come on. She's not. She's look, not, she's look at how thin split her hair is. Badly bleached, fat face, too much eye makeup. Look at these face. shoes. What are these? <laughs> this is a finalist, for goodness sake. I mean, honestly. I don't think she's that bad. It's the kind of thing you'd wear. <laughs> Yeah, rest my case. Anyway. Ooh, such is the verdict of Chinese Amanda. Yes, exactly. Oh, dear, honestly, she's oh. been very funny recently. Well. What's the matter with her? 
Anyway, nice to see you. Very nice to see you. Yeah, I've got the longest day in the world today. The longest day in the world. He moans about his job, whereas half of you listening will be going, I wouldn't mind that job. Where are you going to? You're, well, you're, it's now ten past six nearly. It's ten past six in the morning. This afternoon yeah. I've got to fly to Los Angeles yeah. for a meeting tomorrow morning, and then I've got a meeting the next day, and then I've got to fly back, and then go straight back to work. Yeah. Well. And the problem with this is what? Well, it's a... <laughs> what? Go on. Explain the problem with this. Go on. You're going out for a meeting well, it's with... Well, six o'clock in the morning. I can't do maths. See if you can. It's six o'clock in the morning. I fly at 4.15. This afternoon. Yeah. it's 11... From Heathrow? Yeah, from Heathrow. Yeah. It's an 11 and a half hour flight. Yeah, so you'll sleep. Then the time difference goes back, and then I have to start the day all over again. Yeah. Well, I won't go to bed until about Friday morning. Well, yes, and the problem is what? Uh, well, I really Honestly, Jonathan, it's just, sleep. it's, I mean, people listening at home are going, I'll tell you what, I'll fly to Los Angeles <laughs> and have your business meeting this afternoon. <laughs> I mean, Chinese Amanda would be, she's even, she carries a little packed case with her for such an event, just if ever case, yeah. the boss says, listen, we need somebody to fly to Beijing. Exactly. Goes, I go. I get, she'd be off there straight away. The president of Nintendo wants a meeting. Exactly. She yeah. would be the first one in the queue for it. And you're going to Los Angeles, because you're obviously making a programme. The president of Nintendo's actually got a golden, solid gold Nintendo in his office. Did you know that? Well, let's go and break in there now. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I've never had a Nintendo. No, I'm not really into I'm computer not, games. I, I don't do computer games. I'm not really... I'm not that sort of person. I was sent one years and years ago, and I looked at it, and they said, oh, you, you sort of plug it in. And I went, oh, not really. I think they're so boring. I've seen kids in, in arcades going like that, and I've I've often thought it's a sign of a misspent youth because I don't understand it. Although all my godchildren know how to use the the games on the phones. Yeah, you've got games on your phone. No, I don't play no. games at all. I quite like those two P games in arcades by the seaside where you put the two P's in and then and then the things go backwards and forwards and then sometimes they can all. Fall. Oh, you don't like those, do you? Well, I used I've to. I've got like one of those, those on my phone. Have you? Yes, I've got it on my phone, and it's it's called. Um, it's called, I can't remember what it's called, actually, now. Wait a minute. I'll, They're very I'll... carefully stacked, aren't they, so yes. that they can't fall? It's called coin. And are they glued? No, they're not glued. No, it's just they're that just... They're, they're sort of in there. It's, let me just... Hang on, wait a minute. And there's that horse here, one. Look. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, look. Yeah. That's the It goes in, and then it pushes them nudges down. forwards, and it doesn't yeah, come. drop another coin in. And then... It's fantastic yeah, radio, fantastic this, because radio, you yeah. know what this, uh, this game is I'm playing at home, because yeah. it's, on the, uh, it's, on the, uh, it's on the iPhone. The but iPhone. it is in those arcades, as is, I used to like those ones with the horses, where they... Oh, uh, I, love I love the, the horses. Horse one. Oh, the horses, where they all yeah, go back. They all go back, and then they race. That, that is really good, I must admit. Did you have the home version of that? No. I, as a child, remember, we had metal horses, and you had a green piece of baize, yeah. and at the end of it was a handle... And you turned it, and it sent a vibration down the green bays, and your horse moved along. Oh, wow. And that's all I remember. But those those ones that they've got in the arcades, yeah. they're really good. They're really good. They're really I good. I could, like those. I could play that for hours. That was a very... And I've seen another one. And then if one. you're with groups of people, you can bet, you know. Yeah. You can... And sometimes they have them as camels. I've se- have you seen them as camel racing? Oh, yeah. I've seen a camel one, yeah. They're, and they sort of lollop along. Yeah. And you think, go on, go on, you can win. <laughs> Somebody's holding it back. Whip it harder. Make it go faster. They were good. I suppose that is, I like that kind of game. Yeah. But I don't really like some car racing game or some violent sort of shooting. You've seen the kids game. who sit there in the arcades and you're, it's a virtual car. On my iPhone, I've got virtual landing a plane. Yeah. I've crashed more times. Don't ever fly with me. The, have you seen that game on the iPad? There's one where you're literally, you yes. hold the iPad and you're driving I've along. Got it. I've got a Shrek game. Have you? Which is a Shrek drive and you and you you go like that. I'm, I see the trouble is we don't do computer games yet. We're talking about them, and I'm well, not. I'm not really into computer no, games, I'm but not. I get them because my godchildren go. Oh, what 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 games you got, Uncle Steve? Yeah, 
And so you end up giving them the thing to play with. In comparison, television seems like a sort of old-fashioned, quaint medium, doesn't it? I wonder whether sort of children today look at television like we might look at sort of gramophone or sort of, um, you know, LPs or something. There's a sort of old technology, analogue television, watching something when it comes on, um, an old-fashioned mm. programme that you watch from start to finish. Well, I've started ordering old-fashioned... I mean, look, I've, I've ordered some... Excuse me. I ordered some DVDs the other day because oh, yeah. I, what I tend to do, I, t- I tend to sit at home and and somebody will, f- Dale will phone me or something like that and he'll say, oh, I've just seen so-and-so film. And so I go onto Amazon, I find the film and then it goes, people who bought this also bought. Oh, quite clever that. And before I know where I am, I've, I've ordered half a dozen things that I remember from my childhood. So, I'm, so this morning, I got... <laughs> You are a marketing man's dream. Heidi High, the complete box series. Complete box series. Complete box series, which is very good. That's got everything. It gets worse. It gets much, much worse. Oh, Dr. Beeching, the first and second series, which was the follow-on from Heidi High with the same cast and crew. (laughs) If you like Heidi High, you'll also like Oh, Dr. Beeching. I know. Liberace in Sincerely Yours. It was a film that Liberace made. He's a bit before your time, where he actually played a heterosexual man uh, which was quite a novelty in itself. And uh, you've got Dorothy Malone and Please People Here. He actually plays uh, a pianist who's losing his hearing. Oh. But uh, L- Liberace playing hetero, so that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. Liberace, the London to Las Vegas box set. Yeah, just which in I'm... case we had any uh, questions about his sexuality. That's he's... right, guaranteed that Liberace was camp. Yeah. Liberace, I'm seeing a pattern emerging here, Liberace, the Christmas TV special, <laughs> because he was, in, in America, he was huge. Oh, huge. Yeah. I mean, he was huge, and it was, I mean, from, you know, he was one of the greatest pianists on television. He used to wink at the camera, a little bit like Anne Robinson. He'd go, you know, and wink at the end. I think that's where she got it from. And he'd always be, I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places, and things like that. And people mm. used to love it. Oh, he'd make a lovely, uh, lovely husband for my daughter. Not really, but if your son's available, Liberace was your man. And then I bought On Mother Makes Three with Wendy Craig. Very nice. Because I used to have a crush on Wendy Craig, because I wanted my mum to be like Wendy Craig. And in in fact, in in a strange way, my mum, who was as scatty as Wendy Craig, was quite similar, but that's as far as... So that's what I ordered. So, I mean, that's that's kind of sorted out this weekend. So while you're sitting on a plane, fast asleep, watching the latest film... You'll be watching a complete box set of Heidi High. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. I just love the idea, I'm afraid. See, I'm easily pleased. Quarter past six. These headlines, Sam Pittis. 7.3. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 17 minutes past six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Jonathan Levi's here because it's Wednesday. He's got this exhausting flight. Can you pack for a, for a, for a holiday? Oh yes, yeah, quite well. Especially if I'm on my own, it's much easier, I think. Right, if because if, if, if we're actually stuff, packing for the children and everybody, else. well, that's it. you then probably leave that to the wife. Difficult. She then does all the the kids, and you just go okay, and you probably don't know how it works. <laughs> go on. On your own, you can, yeah. you can pack. Yeah, I can pack very very small. I've packed an internet radio so I can listen to LBC. In all right. Angeles. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I'm hoping I can get it to work. Yeah. I have tried to work it before, and I couldn't get it to work. Have you not got a laptop? No. Oh, really? I don't really have one. No, you don't, do you? No. How funny. Well, I use computer at work. Yeah. And then I've got my phone and I email on it. I don't really want a third one. Oh. I, th- I thought you'd, you'd definitely have a, have a laptop no, to take I don't with really you. I have a laptop. Take pictures of things. No, but I'm having a meeting with Paris Hilton and um, about doing a, a TV series next year. Mm. But um, Paris Hilton was doing a show in Dubai, this British best friend in Dubai. Oh, yeah. And um, the Dubai authorities, the secret police, were involved and the government and all that kind of thing. And uh, Paris's 
um, people and the TV producers and said, said to the Dubai authorities, when Paris checks into the hotel, don't check her in under her name, Paris Hilton. Come up with another name, because otherwise she's going to be besieged. And they were like, uh, they couldn't really get it at first, and they were like, uh, oh, yes, very clever, very good idea, we choose other names. So then Paris turns up at her hotel, and there is a huge scrum, paparazzi everywhere, Low hordes of journalists and Paris people are like, what happened? What happened? The Dubai Authority said we checked in for another name. And they're like, well, what? Whitney Houston? No, yeah. no. They got completely the wrong end of the stick. Oh. So there was just a huge scrum of completely confused. Thinking it was Whitney Houston. <laughs> and they go, sorry, Paris, can you move to one side? Where's Whitney? Where's yeah. Whitney? <laughs> Because they do do that. I've noticed other people when they book into London hotels, Jedward book in under another name. Yeah. But of course, but you're going to kind of spot it's them, aren't you? I mean, I don't want to be stupid about this, but they look like Jedward, whether they're being called Jedward or you call them, you know, Mr. And Mr. Jones and his son or something. No, no. Well, whenever we book, like, a, you know, a car or whatever for somebody, for, for, for a sort of celebrity for a shoot or whatever, we always put the name of the production manager on the, yeah. on the board, on the cardboard, you yeah. know, the name board on the car. So. I get it sometimes on my cars in the morning. They have a piece of cardboard in the window which goes, you know, sends a Steve Allen you think, well, who else at this time of the morning? There can't be many people in Twickenham get out at uh, 3.15 in the morning. Very strange. But somebody told me about packing, and which was, which was quite a good idea, uh, which is rolling everything. So as opposed to folding, oh. roll. Because if you roll, it's better. And when I went to um, the last holiday, which we had with the, with the godchildren, I took loads of silk shirts... Because when you took them out, they just hung out. There oh, was they, no creases. And they go very small, don't And they, they go very things, small. Yeah. And I thought, I must go and get some more, um, more silk. I can't That's find the blooming things anywhere. I heard on the radio on the way here, you're talking about getting new sequin sparkly jackets. Yes. Discovered a company in Blackpool who make... Normally, Paul Savory takes the material. I go and buy the material from Borovitz in, yeah. in uh, Greek Street or... Um, uh, one of the streets around there, and then Paul takes it out to Thailand, and they make it. Right. But this this company in Blackpool seemed to make the whole jacket for under 150 quid. That's pretty good, isn't which it? Which seems re- I need to see the quality. They've actually said, "Oh, you won't find anything better in this, and we're really good." But I want to see them because mine are really heavy sequins. I mean, they really weigh a ton. These jackets. What is it? Chinese? Is it in Blackpool? Is it Chinese? Uh, I think she's Thai. Oh, okay. Samantha, somebody, Samantha Joe, or something like that. But they've got they do all sorts of showbiz type clothes. Right. But if they can make a sequin jacket that's a lot lighter, it's a lot easier. They've got some fantastic things. I mean, I could come on dressed as the Angel Gabriel in some of their <laughs> things. Because your sequins were sticking a tiny bit, weren't they, to Yeah, your I sleeve. got them stuck on one side. They wouldn't stick out. Yeah. They're terribly expensive. Yeah. I mean, the, the well, material's about 175 quid yeah. and the makeup is about, about £200. Because you need them to be um, quite good quality, otherwise they'll fall off. They you do. don't want the sequins to start falling off. Yes, it's a bit like Panto. At the end of the Panto season, Jane Milligan said the other day, she hates Panto because you have to wear these sequins. She said, but they don't line them. No, so it's she all She said, it's all sticking to inside. your flesh. And she said, it hurts. Yeah. Whereas I just got my arms stuck half the time. And you think, get off. But you don't want to pull it in case the whole lot comes away. Yeah. So we'll have to get some more. Yeah. I had a car once with a car at the window that said, Lady Amanda. <laughs> said Amanda. That was you. That was yes, I didn't have that one. Although I got a parcel the other day, a FedEx one. And not only did it have my home phone number written on the outside, it had my home email address on the label and everything. Oh, my God. And you think, oh, my God, dreadful. Anyway. Uh, well, there's there's quite a lot in the papers. I mean, uh, Naomi Campbell, I can't remember anything. She, she's, well, she I can't remember 13 years she, she ago. Can you remember 13 years this, ago? She thinks it was that. Wouldn't you remember a man knocking on your door giving you diamonds? Well, she remembers remember? the men knocking on the door giving her... 
a little sack of what she said were dirty stones. Yeah. But then she says she didn't know who they were from and she didn't look at them until the next morning and then she gave them straight away to a charity. Yeah. Whereas, um, that's her version of events, as she said it in court. Whereas uh, Mia Farrow remembers um, Naomi Campbell being incredibly excited that she was going to get a diamond from precisely <laughs> this guy, Charles Taylor, and then the next day rushing down to breakfast and saying, he gave me a huge diamond. Right, which of course in he didn't, he just night. gave dirty diamonds well, yeah. in a bag. Well, she, Mia Farrow remembers her saying that she she said diamond, not diamonds, and that my, Mia Farrow says that she would have remembered had she said diamonds, because she specifically remembers her saying he gave me a big diamond. Oh, right. Um... But to be honest, though, if you didn't I know they it. were diamonds, why would you then give them away to a charity? They'd just be dirty stones. I mean, you know, would you, excuse me, I was given some dirty stones in a bag. Would you like them? Well, what are they? I don't know. They're dirty stones. I know. Was it, I mean, she sort of, um... Forgets. She, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is... Pro- I mean, the whole thing was an inconvenience for her anyway. An inconvenience, having to go to court at all. And yeah. then it was complicated by the fact that she's had this big falling out with her ex-model agent... Um, who was also yes. in court testifying. And I watched that live, actually, on the internet, uh, court. I the... felt sorry. We, we felt sorry for the woman in court, who was quite large, whereas all the other people who were arriving were all stick thin. <laughs> and this poor woman was there saying, so do you remember this and signing them all in and everything else? And she was, she was quite big, and standing next to a so-called supermodel who was, like, <laughs> you know, about the size of a pencil. <laughs> Which was terrible. I was outside the daughter the other day, and Naomi Campbell oh, drew God. up, and... Um, this guy photographer sort of on one of those sort of unlicensed paparazzi who are basically just a yes. guy with a camera um tried to run up and take a photo and naomi campbell's bodyguard who is absolutely massive um pushed him out of the way but this photographer instead of slinking off pushed him back and they had a fight outside the dorchester they'll do anything to get that because a picture could be worth thousands exactly so um and the the, the it, was, it was quite funny because the dorchester staff and the doorman there just vanished you couldn't see them. Yes, they, they were gone. Involved. They didn't want to get involved. They didn't want to get into a fight. They didn't want to. Anyway, but the um, but Naomi Campbell's bodyguard was absolutely huge and seemed very excited by the prospect of taking. Yes, they love of it. They I was I was driving it, yeah. through Soho with Dale years ago, and a paparazzi threw himself on the bonnet of the car. Really? To take a picture? Because I did the usual thing: hands up against the face. You know, <laughs> you know, trying to pretend there was somebody interesting. <laughs> they obviously went, "Oh, it's just Steve Allen. Let's not bother." <laughs> Throw the camera away. Uh, blue lights at Christmas, says uh, Kevin the Milkman. Is that waking up in the cop shop on the twenty fifth? Well, I think blue lights. I think blue lights signify frost and cold. I don't know why. I, I, I quite like blue light. Little yeah. tiny blue lights. Very nice. Yeah. Do you have a tree up? We we, we do have a little tree. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Of a little tree. No, not now. No, not now. A tree no. up quite clearly. No. I mean, did you put lights on it? Little lights. Little yes. lights. What yep. colour? Um, well, they're sort of whitish yellow, and some of the bulbs have gone. Oh right. <laughs> so it's an old set of it's lights. Sort of an old set of lights. Oh, do you not buy new lights every year? Well, we we might do this year. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Maddie says my daughter dropped her ninety-nine ice cream was in tears. The man stopped his van, got out, and bought her another one. Smiled and gave her a bow. They're not all bad. And ni- why are they called ninety? Oh, gave her a bow. Gave her a bow? What's a bow? Like a ribbon. What, an ice cream man with a ribbon? What's this? Gay ice cream men all of a sudden in London. A rosette. A rosette. Well, well done. You've just dropped your ice cream. Why do they call it a 99? What's it called a 99? It's an ice cream with a cheap flake. Half a flake? It's not even a whole flake. Not even a whole flake, is it? It's half a flake. It's a branded flake. Yeah. If if you actually go into Iceland, you you can buy a whole box of of little Cadbury's flakes. Right. Which are all ready to stick in your... Scream. I don't know why I know this. It's very sad, actually. Did it used to be 99p? 
No, that would have been. Well, she thinks it was, but I mean, she used to get other people to buy them. She, yeah. If it came in free, she'd be the first one there. Yeah, I mean, she wouldn't actually cough up herself next yeah. door. Uh, if you're coming to Blackpool to buy a jacket, come on September the third because Robbie Williams is switching on the illuminations. How the mighty have fallen. Poor old Robbie Williams. What are you doing, love, this year? Turning on the illuminations in Blackpool. Whoopee. But he's not singing. Thank God. These, these, they've tried to pretend that these flats overlooking Hyde Park are worth a billion pounds each or something before. We've seen them, haven't we? We've seen this story before. When they first, when Candy and Candy first had the development plan, they said they were going to be the most expensive flats in London. Starting over 100 million, million, 10 million, up to 100 million with reinforced glass that even sort of a nuclear bomb couldn't explode with SAS in the, in the, in the corridors with, 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 with concierge from the Mandarin Oriental from around the corner. They've, They've tried this before. Well, they're obviously trying to sell them and get some free publicity. So they've yeah. said the penthouse is 140 million. Yeah. And they've said you've got SAS trained staff. You think, I'm sorry, I don't remember the last terrorist attack in a London hotel. No. You know, it's, it's, it seems a little. And they've said bomb proof windows, and some of the flats have got bomb proof rooms. Well, whoopee doo. They're not very big flats for 140 million. No. I mean, there'll be a nice view of the park, I suppose. Yeah, well. But who's going to pay? Well, I suppose. Loads. Yeah. Although now they've actually started drumming up the interest. These people from Russia and things like that who probably got that sort of money who go, let's go and live there. But if I had that sort of money, I'd want to go out into the country, buy an estate where you've got grounds and lo- as opposed to living in a box I overlooking know. Hyde Park. Did you see those chromed cars outside Harrods the other day? I did. There, there were two next to each other, weren't there? Yes. One was somebody worth said... a million. It was a Bugatti something or other. And one was some Mercedes yeah. worth about... But somebody said they're, they're not proper chrome. They say it's a stick-on film. Uh, over the top. Well, I don't care, would, actually. I quite uh, like the idea. It, they looked amazing. Oh, I thought they looked lovely. Oh, they looked absolutely incredible. I, I would drive one of those. Yeah. I would drive. I rushed home and was going to get mine washed, and then, then it rained, so I didn't bother, actually. Well, we did have Jonathan in the back of it the other day. Oh, very nice, as it was, Very nice, too. wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite comfy. Because yeah, you actually fitted in there, because I, I wanted a little something to hang from the, the, uh, <laughs> the mirror, and he was there, which is nice. I'm taking a break. Now bringing you Sky Sports 1 and Sky Sports 2. 25 to 7. Alex says, not a good day for Sam. He needs better winners. Makes a change. And so consistency, not 33p profits, and a winner every now and again. Two in a row. Yeah, yeah I mean, nothing, nothing particularly big. Well, £11 was quite big. Yeah, £11, yes, but I mean, you can't dwell on that for the rest of your life. I might have to. <laughs> yes, you'd be right. Because uh, yesterday he had two kisses. Okay. One at one to two. Hmm. Total profit a pound. Well, Total so profit good. now. Yeah, well, he's got £52.78 in his bank account, whereas uh, your Morgan's choice, out of four runners, it came in... Tell me. Fourth. Well... Yeah, so you lost £2. It's better than seventh. Total... But there are only four running. I know, but it's still better than seventh. <laughs> oh, right. Total loss now, £74.68. Got to find some madness in this, sir. Uh, yes, this. there must be some, actually. So today's off to Beverly. Mm-hmm. The 5.25 to Amir Pasha. Amir Pasha. Amir Pasha. Yeah. It'll probably win. It sounds like it's a winner, doesn't it? It already sounds like it's a winner. I don't know why. Amir Pasha sounds like a winner to me. Well, there are five race meetings today. Beverly, Hamilton, Salisbury, Sandown and Yarmouth. And uh, here's one. Uh, Ten past five at Salisbury. And uh, Eye for the Girls. Eye for the Girls. It makes me think maybe he's uh, not going to be concentrating on the race. No, not really. Exactly. Oh, I don't know, though. Have you been racing recently? I know. I've never been racing. Never been racing, oh, as you probably was... can uh, probably guess. Yes. Oh, you've never been? Never been. Ah, right. I've been a few times. Mm. In fact, I, I, we, we had a, a race named after me. Really? Once, yes. 
I dare say a Steve it. Allen handicap. Well, I didn't Never say was it. a true I didn't word say said. It. I didn't say it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we had that. Uh, we, we had a few race meetings actually. LBC did, mm-hmm. where you can you can sort of name races after presenters and things like that. Yeah, and uh, it was it was quite interesting. I liked him. Well, I'm already. How, how much am I in the red again? Seventy four pounds and sixty eight p. Yeah, I think I'm going to stay away from the racetrack. Yeah, I, I would stay well away actually. Yeah. Just to, although bookmakers delight, you'd be an absolute gift <laughs> to the bookies. <laughs> yeah, right. They love you. Yeah. But, uh, tomorrow, who knows? Well, I think we do know. Well, let's wait and see. Let's be optimistic. Let's be positive. Fine, it will do. Yes, let's be very, very positive. Thank you, Steve. Nice to talk to you. Bye. That's Sam Pittis. Apparently, it's called ninety nine. Is that how many flakes that come in a box for ice creams? Oh, is that what it is? Well, that's what that's what Rich <coughs> oh, says. That's a theory. Although Diner in Richmond says 99s and 99 millimetres long. Not sure about that one. That one sounds very dodgy. We're not sure you believe that. Although it's not... I don't know what 99 millimetres looks like. About that. <laughs> Sorry, nearly a metre? No, it's not oh, a metre, you fool. Need 10 centimetres, is it? Let's not confuse ourselves, shall we, Amanda? Let's try and pretend we don't know anything about that at all. And Stephen Romford says, Can you mention the chair that goes in the bath? As I phoned Argus, I didn't have a clue. Well, of course I haven't got a clue. You have to go to the catalogue. They don't know everything that's in the catalogue. You go there and uh, you, you, you look for chair, bath. Go, go to the bath section. There's two, actually. One without a back and one with a back. And I've got the one with a back. Very nice. Which is nice. Lovely. Very comfy. Very comfy. Very comfy. You sit in there. I've got my little knees up by the taps. And luckily, I can grip the shower head between my legs now, which is quite, which is quite an achievement to watch, let me tell you. Uh, Dan says, the horse game is called Escalado. This is where you have a bit of green baize and you turn the handle and the horses, the metal horses, move along it through, through vibration. Wonderful game. I thought you'd be thrilled. Thank you. Terrible landslides and floods. Terrible. They? Terrible. I mean, it's the Chinese ones and then the Pakistani ones. And, I mean, it's awful, isn't it, really? The Taliban have said that the, uh, the people of Pakistan are not to accept aid from this country. So that's fine, then, is it? Should we just sort of close our eyes and ears to it? No. I think we've given six million so far. Another great, sensible pronouncement Another, by another the brilliant thing by the Taliban. Opening their own department store shortly with no, no, no sort of customers or nothing in it because they're just a bit stupid. Sort of beheadings. And yes. Like, uh, it's ridiculous. Why, why not accept aid? I'm sorry, there's people dying. People have got nothing. And we're happily sending aid. And the Taliban, stupid, ignorant little people that they are, are going, oh, no, you mustn't accept any aid from overseas. 13.8 million people have been affected now, and it's Good the course. worst um, worst natural disaster in Pakistan's um, history. Aren't we lucky that we don't have disasters like that? Oh, you know, we don't have landslides. I know we've had things out in the country. All I remember from years ago is Aberfan. Well, we've barely even got mosquitoes. I mean, we've only really got the odd grass snake. Yes, well, I can't tell the difference. I mean, I mean, I, I can tell the difference between a mosquito and a grass snake. It has to be said. But there's be- wasps. Uh, are oh, we've got nice. loads of wasps. What, what is the problem with wasps? Ah, uh, because these they're coming days. up to the end of their season, and what they're doing they're is very they're very aggressive at the moment. Aren't very, they? they're eating rotten fruit. Right. The queen has sent them out. You, out, you go out, and yeah. they have to go and get all the rotten fruit and bring it back to keep them going. When I they went, start dying soon. When I went to the Gambia on holiday a few years ago, I had to walk around with a kind of raid with me just to, you know... Ooh, is that horrible? Spray the insects. I got chased by a bee from Hampton Court, the entrance to Hampton Court Palace, by a bee the all the way day. down. And I'm thinking, go away, and they, they can obviously fly faster than I can run. Well, yeah, I was running down the road with I Estella, was. my daughter, and the bee was chasing us. And it was really going for us. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? I mean, it, it was really had it in for us, I know, bee. I know, my one did. Yeah. Probably the same bee. yeah. And it wouldn't, show, it wouldn't let us go. No. And we were running as fast as we oh, could. Oh, it's horrid. And then we swap oh. and you duck and you yeah. swerve. And you try going back the other way and it comes back the I other know. way. 
And you think to yourself, it's almost like a, a Walt Disney cartoon with a bee, and you can see it getting its sting out, ready. Yeah, ready, yeah. And you think, no, don't go, d- go away. I know. I think it's pheromones. It's awful, whatever it's, it is. It frightens the life out of me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, in fact, even thinking about it, I'm getting a bit, you know, if they did my heart rate now, I'm, I'm quite up there with all the big people, you know. And I'm not, not equating wasps and bees to the, to the earthquakes and the mudslides. No. But, um, but, but, but we are very lucky here, aren't we, to, to not really have anything much at all, as you say. No, we don't. I mean, we are quite lucky, actually. Yeah. People complain, apparently, the other day about the trains. And they were complaining about ticket sales and the toilets on trains. Well. And, but to be honest with you, you know, go to the toilet before you get on the train. Yeah. A lot easier, isn't it? Much Although easier, I sometimes yeah. find myself walking back to London thinking, I really... I have to leave... I have to go to the toilet before I leave this building. Right. I'm not sure I could make it all the way home without going to the toilet. Well, they're quite... Which quite is, you know, a nice thing to share with people. They're very, yeah. You know, caring. Well, quite often there isn't really anywhere to go. There isn't. No. There is nowhere to go. this time in the morning. No. Nowhere. Uh, morning, Stephen Jonathan, says Noreen. She's bought her first Christmas prezies yesterday. Oh. Well, Which is, that's cool. That's well fine. Organized, no, yeah. no problem. And she's got a day with the with the Godson's children today. Four and two. Oh, you will need a rest tonight. Yeah. Four and two. The terrible two. What do you do with them at four and two? Mind you, they're they're happy at four and two to sit on a bus. Yeah, have a lolly. Yeah, have 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 a lolly, but just don't don't pay in pennies. And uh, Bryn and Annie. Over there in France, at 3am she was still fast asleep, which is the normal time, Bryn. One of the great joys of living, he says, in the depths of rural France is that the sky at night is black. There's no street lighting, you've just got a black sky with lots of stars. And he said it's, it's, it's tradition, he said, to go into the garden in mid-August, look at the skies and wait for the shooting stars and the meteorites that whiz about all over the sky. Wow. You get a lot of that there. Amazing. He says there must have been seen about six... It's impossible to see a complete black sky at night in most of Britain because of the street lighting. And the Dordogne, no such thing. So there you go. Well, um, lots of love to both of you. Hope you're well this morning. David Cameron and the politics of bath time. This is a sort of article mm. all about David Cameron and the hours he works. And he doesn't work anywhere near the hours Gordon Brown worked or Margaret Thatcher worked. But um, George Bush didn't work very long hours, did he, either? I think there's a sort of... Sort of Margaret of Thatcher used to work all the hours God sent. She only had she? four hours sleep a night. Yeah, but yeah. there's nothing to matter with that. People say, mm. I don't know how many hours you're supposed to have. I spoke to somebody the other day. It was Anthony Davis. He said he'd had 11 hours sleep. Anthony Davis had 11 yes, hours Yes, it sleep. was on one day. He oh, said, I day. slept for 11 hours. Yeah, but he only probably has about t- sort of two and a half hours yeah. the rest of the time. And I generally get my, my seven. Do you have two? Do you break yes. it up? Do you do seven over 24 hours? Or seven in, at once? No, I went to bed yesterday at about seven. And I woke up at, I woke up at half past ten actually. Yeah. And went to the bathroom, and then came back, and then slept all the way through to two. Yeah. Not bad. No, actually, I tell a lie. Half past one because I had to water the baskets. Right. You know, as you do, standing there, you know, in your pants with your fluffy slippers on. It's not, <laughs> it's not an attractive look, but I managed to get away with it. I think. You do need sleep, but but I suppose this article and, and what this is getting at is the sort of work-life balance of a prime minister with a family. Yes. Um, and the fact that. Um, David Cameron and, um, and Nick Clegg are different sorts of men to the sort of prime ministers in the past and all that kind of thing and how flexible working hours are traditionally associated with women but they're trying to be flexible to put their kids to bed yeah. and all that. I don't know, what do you think I think about women, women, women get a real rough deal because many women now hold down, not her, but I mean many women have to hold down a job and then go home and then sort out the family and bathe the kids and most husbands just seem blissfully unaware of what's going on and you don't tend to find a lot of men are hands on. I know a number are but a lot of people aren't. They just assume that's what a woman does. She cooks. Because if you think about it, and somebody raised this overnight, that if you go into a restaurant, you're very rarely going to find a female chef in the kitchen. Mm. You're going to find a man cooking in the kitchen, whereas at home, you traditionally find women 
you don't find many female professional chefs. We don't have that many on the television. No, no, it's a very male thing, isn't it? Male-dominated, and yet you would have thought traditionally it would have been women cooking, but it's not. It's men and who are rather bolshy or rude. things or... at home, though, don't they? It's true that what I do think... What do you do at home? I do quite a lot at home. Are you? I you do Hoover? Hoover, yeah. Right. I like, actually, I quite like Hoovering. Yeah, Hoovering's quite... It's very therapeutic. I don't know why yeah. people think it's a hardship. We just push this thing on wheels up and down and that's it. I quite I love Hoovering. Yeah, I like Hoovering. I like washing up. I'm very I, good at washing up. I like washing up. I quite like doing washing. I do? I, but oh. you take everything to a laundrette. Yes, I, I have people that iron. Yeah. Yes. I, I, because to be honest with you, it's, we I, take all our sheets and towels to yeah. laundrette because it's too. We don't have anywhere to properly dry stuff. No, I don't have an ironing board, so I couldn't iron anything. Well, we don't have an iron. We well, I don't have an iron either. No. Oh, you don't have an ironing board? No, neither. Oh, well, that explains everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's true. But and then I, I take it there, and then I, I. It takes about a week, so I'm always in rotation. Yeah. But I need a clear out of all my clothes. I've I've got so many. Surprisingly, I just I need to have a. I've got a whole room with a, a rail, one of these industrial rails that runs the full length of it, full of clothes, full of things, which don't fit. No. But I'm loath to get rid of. I don't know why. Perhaps you think over over a period of time you're going to lose the weight and put them on. Pauline Lee says 99 millimeters is very nearly four inches. Do you know I'm so pleased I knew that this morning. I really am. With the news headlines, Sam Pittis. The mayor's calling on the governor. say this morning from seven, LBC 97.3. The initial for ice cream, Steve, is IC, which is 99 in Roman numerals. Is it? Is IC is it? 99? I'll tell you, it gets more bizarre by the minute, this thing. <laughs> so, IC is Roman for 99, is it? We'll probably find out. Somebody will say, no, it's not. It's, it, it's quite a good one, but I shouldn't imagine the Romans ever knew the delights of a 99, as no. it were. I, I don't see them sort of standing there in Roman Britain going, do you know, let's have a, let's have a flake in a cornet. Not going to happen, is it? Tony says, uh, re Heidi hi I worked at the Beeb during the time and got to know Felix Boness very well. Felix was a listener to this programme, actually, and uh, he came in to be interviewed years and years ago. Lovely man, full of stories. He was a warm-up man at the Beeb as well. He used to do a lot of warm-ups. He was the, the jockey. And uh, he died early this year. Lovely man. Lovely. We seem to have lost so many people. Jack Parnell we lost the, uh, the other day as well. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari, with the Lib Dems experiencing difficult poll ratings. Nick will be looking at how the coalition has fared in its first three months of government. The uh, Sports and Olympics Minister, Hugh Robertson, joins Nick in the studio to answer your questions. That's on the day that England take on Hungary at Wembley in their first appearance since their shambolic World Cup campaign. Uh, with the papers this morning, it's John McEnty, the uh, Daily Mail journalist. All of that and more. With Nick, after the news at seven. A lot of people knowing the horse racing game. It was called Escalado. And more often than not, the horses used to fall over as they started, said Richard. You're absolutely right. But I loved it. We were, it was, I used to have Magic Robot. I used to love Magic Robot. And that was a robot that you... You must have seen it. It's, you can't buy it, I don't think, now. And it was a plastic robot with a big pointer. Mm. And you put him in a thing that had questions around the outside. And you pointed him to the question... And then you put him on a piece of glass and he spun round and pointed to the right answer. Of course, Amanda thinks that's hilarious. She grew up playing with chopsticks. Hardly that exciting, was it? Let's face it. Uh, and uh, the horse game is called Escalado and Matt had it as well. You see, everybody had it because it was... It, I don't know why. We used to get better, better pleasure, don't we? Well, it was a brilliant game. It was, I mean, it was so yeah. simple. Yeah. You know, all those childhood things. I was, I was quite happy playing with all sorts of things. As a, as a child, you know, a piece of chalk, a piece those, of string. Th those little things that went down the stairs? Yes, a slinky. Slinky. You can still buy them. Yeah, except nobody's got know. stairs anymore. You can hardly play it in a block of flats, can you? No. I'm just playing with my slinky, excuse me. Stuart in Weybridge says, uh, you have a new listener. My partner, Rob, who's listening for the first time. It's obviously a new partner then, Stuart. <laughs> 
So he's been going out any length of time and he's not heard the programme up until now. It's just uh, heresy as far as I'm concerned. Dreadful. So Abby, quite a lot in the papers about Abby Clancy. Um, to be honest with you, she's going to leave. I know the... you know Abby because you used her in a programme. Yeah. But girl goes out with very tall footballer. Footballer apparently plays away. She goes into meltdown. Get over yourself. Well, except that I'm he had, the, you know, they had the reputation of having one of the stronger relationships. Well, so did Ronan Keating. And most men, at some point in their relationships, and they're not married, play around. Yeah. For some reason, men are controlled below the waist. Women tend to be above the uh, the waist in the head and do emotional relationships. Men do physical. It looked like a sting operation, though, didn't it? It, it did looked look a bit very old. well organised and very well planned with the the photographic um, evidence of the hotel and the room where it happened yeah. and the receipt from the yes. translation in the taxi, yes. <laughs> and then the 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 photo shoot by the girl, where, where you can see all the photos of her in the But if you're going to be a hooker, world. and you're only going to get one, one shot at earning a reasonable amount of money, you're going yeah. to make sure you do it properly. And somebody will say to you, listen, try that bloke over there, yeah. who's, on a, who's on a stag night, and all of a sudden you get... I mean, that's well, they what they do now. they were in the VIP area of a club, weren't yeah. they? So, I mean, he wouldn't have been the only footballer there. No, he wasn't. The I mean, there were loads of people. Yeah. But he, he's kind of the one, as Jane Moore says. You're going to notice him, aren't you? He's well, he six is... foot seven, but even the hooker said, I can't understand why he slept with me when he's got a gorgeous girlfriend. I thought, oh, a hooker with a heart. How novel. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just ludicrous yeah. to accept that from her. But, um, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't yes, it? I also think, like a sting opera. Well, she did say she targeted him. Yeah. So yeah, quite clearly did. it was calculated. And then somebody said, listen, if you're going to do this, you've got to have I just wonder evidence. whether she, was, she had a deal with the, with the paper Who knows? from the beginning. Who knows? Who knows? Doesn't surprise me Who actually. Knows? I mean, that's, you can get all sorts of uh, stories now, can't you? But I don't know what's going to happen next, really. I mean, the 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 star are claiming that all her possessions are packed and she's moving out, but who knows? I mean, oh, don't worry, she'll be back in again. Yeah. She'll be back in again. She's just she had to cancel an appearance on this morning to jet off. Well, she's got a regular think, thing now doing fashion. Well, I then I'm sorry. Then you you turn up and you do fashion. You don't renege on a deal, <laughs> and you and you try and pretend that you're an adult as opposed to a five year old. She is. I like Abby. I think she's talented, and I think I mean you never know in a in a sort of. Um, cynical sort of way this mm. could be the making of her in terms of oh, it's pathetic isn't it nowadays really the making of her because her relationship splits up because he might or might not have gone off with somebody else well who, i mean you know who knows it might transform her into a different sort of oh, person Lord, or, who knows could I be said to chinese amanda i said that's how you become famous nowadays well i said i don't care what happens i'm not going out with you uh they cost 99p when they came out this was the 99p thing and uh, paul says it's a, a lovely sunny morning I don't know where you are. It's horrible. You're living somewhere else. Horrible. D says, I've been filling six charity bags with coats and clothes. Time's for a change. They make a... Last time I took all my clothes into the charity shop, they were a bit snooty about them. You know, really expensive clothes. They just went, I'll just put them over there. All mine came on hangers. They were all ironed and thousands of pounds worth. Paula had a a big clear out. Five large bags to the charity shop. Makes you feel so much better. Not when you see somebody walking down the street wearing your clothes, it's not. I don't want that idea, I'm afraid. And you can buy the robot thing at past times. Lovely. I shall have a Luke. Uh, thank you to uh, Ron and Alison from Greenwich. You went to the Paradise Wildlife Park in Broxbourne. Took loads of pictures, especially of meerkats, which they like a lot. Uh, you can buy packets of oyster shells from the supermarkets to put your ice cream in. It's a good idea, isn't it? You know, the, the oyster shell, oh, that yeah. half sort of shell thing. Because they do the rest of it out there. And, uh, and Russell says, blue lights outside <coughs> at Christmas, Steve. Not just a tiny bit, Chav. No, not chav at all, I don't think. If you were chav, you, you'd just set the house on fire, wouldn't you? You wouldn't actually have lights at all. 
It's above, I don't know, chav blue lights. Excuse me, I don't think so. Blue's very posh. Well, I think it's quite posh anyway. Um, 848, what is God, children, says Chris in Peckham. Obviously something you don't have. And, uh, and I've got, and Paul says, Amir on Khan, uh, Amir on Khan, is on record as saying he's still a virgin. Yes, in fact, that was an interview in the papers only a short while ago. Oh, he was he in, says, the car, in, the car, in the back of the car with Katie Price, Apparently it? so. After an award. Now, of course, as I said before, had this been Alex Reid and it had been a page three girl or something like that, she'd have gone absolutely up the wall. Apoplectic. So I'm hoping that he's going to do the same. I wonder if this is Katie with another Gareth Gates moment, says uh, Paul in Manchester. Oh, dear, I do hope not. We don't want that kind of stuff, do we? Um, another one. Everybody knows what this horse uh, racing uh, game is. Steve, there are more public new- loos than you realise. They're called McDonald's because you can use them. You can use the... Uh, although I saw a thing down at Waterloo. There's a pub there that says our toilets are for customers only. Oh, that happens a lot which in pubs. snooty, there, isn't, it? isn't it? Yeah. Especially if you're caught short. McDonald's is good for that. Starbucks is good for that. As well, yes. Really? I know because they have a big disabled toilet in our one. It's great. They've got so much more room. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. It's really good. Making me think about it now, and I mustn't think about it. Um, so I can't take my eyes off you. This is uh, what on earth he talked about to her. Because she's got absolutely nothing to talk about. I've got my book, I've got my thing, and I've got this and that. And the rest of it's dreary. Okay. Less. And Lady Gaga's sleazy. They're selling porn to children, they say nowadays. Wow. Did you let your, your children buy Lady Gaga records? Uh, I, I do like that. To the um, Have you seen the video for Telephone? No. It's very good. I quite like all her stuff. I just wish they'd give you longer bits of the clips of her as opposed to, like, f- less than a second... Well, it clips to the next bit. Yeah, but you can see it on the internet. You can just sit and okay. watch the whole thing. Yeah. Ra, 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 ra. She is good, Lady Gaga. Yeah, it's all right, she? but it's not. I mean, it's act, not original it? or sort no. of particularly new, but it, but it is it is really good. Amy Winehouse, I fear I'm killing my dad, blaming oh, herself God. off the First of all, it's him talking about her, now her talking about him. Why don't you just both shut up and, and go now away? he's the one with a singing career, and she's yeah. just out She's got a new about. album out, apparently. Right. She ha- Well, so they say she's got a new album out. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting. I'd just rather throw me things away. Uh, sadly, we've got no more time. Oh. You have to go home and go finish home, doing your packing. Packing, get to the airport. Do you have to wear a special outfit for meeting Paris Hilton? No. You have, to, does she, has she met, have you met her before? I've not met her before, no. Right. No, but I don't think I need to wear a special You're going outfit. to the house? I don't know yet. The house looks quite nice. We saw it on the television, and uh, it does look quite interesting. Well, that was in the Fernand last yes. year. Yes, of course it was. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. With the, ha- with, the, with the miniature house in the garden with the ch- for the chihuahuas. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of chihuahuas, I'm afraid. I don't know why yappy dogs, for some reason, I always think. Well, have a nice flight. I'll, I'll come back next Wednesday and tell you all about it. You won't be in any fit state to come back next Wednesday. You'll be like, I'm so tired today. I just got the jet lag back. Good luck. Thank you very much. See you Jonathan Levi, he'll be back with us next week with tales of... Um, of Los Angeles, or the little bit he saw. The airport, the house, Paris Hilton, home. It's as simple as that. Thank you very much. I'm back tomorrow morning. Don't forget, go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Learn how to podcast, all the usual bits and pieces. Check out the photographs of the meerkats. We think they're cute as heck. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day with LBC. Nick's with you after the news at uh, 7. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve.